you just ate the most acid I've ever seen anybody eat in my life. Big friendly welcome to all you degenerates and malcontents out there. You just can't get a regular 9 to 5 job, can you? You just can't do it. And that's why you're listening to another edition of Sell Porn or Die Trying. Straight out of Austin, Texas, I am your host, Connor Young. And this is my show where we talk about the business side of the adult entertainment industry. This show is designed for adult affiliate marketers, for webmasters, web developers, for business executives, marketing executives, and adult and company owners. If you have an interest in the business side of the adult entertainment industry, this is your show. And with that in mind, we we are going to be talking about crypto this show. And I'm pleased to say uh, Amin Soleimani, who is the CEO of SpankChain, will be joining us to talk crypto. What does crypto mean for adult? What are the challenges? What can it do? What can it do? We're going to be getting into all of that pretty soon. First, though, we got a little news to share with everybody. Some news that actually broke during Why Not Summit, our virtual trade show that concluded about two weeks ago. Uh, Maybe you saw the news. Maybe you were at Why Not Summit. Maybe you saw some of the announcements on whynot.com or got the email about it. Uh, if so, this won't be new to you. Uh, if if not, well, we understand. The internet's a distracting place. There's lots of stuff to to kind of compete for your attention. You're probably zombie scrolling on Twitter half the day over at uh, YouTube looking for redneck fail compilation videos. We've all been there. Totally understand. Buying useless shit on Amazon.com in the uh, middle of the night in case there's a zombie apocalypse and you're you're stocking up on 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 your survival supplies. I understand. There's lots to do online. Uh, However, we think this news is important. Why not? We'll be returning to Hollywood in October, and we're very excited about it. That's right. We have two events that will be returning to Hollywood, California, October of this year, live, in person, the Why Not Cam Awards and Why Not Community. So starting with the Cam Awards, this is a show that I created in 2017, and we launched it in 2018. And the idea of the show was to honor our industry's live cam models and independent creators. Now, the the award show for the industry that everybody knew before that and still knows today is the Avian Awards. They have historically done a fantastic job recognizing our our video uh, talent, the the what you call your traditional porn stars, really. If you think of adult films over the years transitioning to People renting VHS tapes and then DVDs and and streaming movies online now. People who are involved in making and creating big productions, big film productions, movie productions. Avian Awards has always been all over that. Where we felt there was a deficit, though, was in the live cam and creator side of the business, which we felt was really up and coming in 2017 and really transforming the industry. Now I think it's it's very apparent for everybody to see that our hypothesis then has really come to pass. Now I dubbed this term adult interactive when I launched the YNAC Cam Awards to really refer to all aspects of our industry where a performer is interacting with her or his fans. So that's obvious in a, like, a live cam show environment. It's uh, pretty obvious on fan sites like OnlyFans. You also have clip stores like Clips for Sale, Minivids, I Want Clips, where fans are requesting certain content from performers and getting those custom clips that they can kind of go in there and buy straight from the performers. 
there's an interaction going on. And that's an experience that's not really easy to pirate. And video, on the other hand, which is so available now for free all over the place, you know, it became a tougher sell. There are companies who do a great job selling video still. And hats off to those guys. Uh, God bless them, really. There are some fantastic leaders in that side of the business. However, we've seen this big rise of adult interactive over the last four or five years. And it's been an important change for our industry on a number of fronts. Adult interactive platforms have a way of putting power back into the hands of performers. Instead of being hired to show up and and like, all right, here's a scene, you're going to be doing this, you're going to be doing some anal here, you're taking one up the ass, all right, you're going to suck this guy off, okay, now you're done for the day, go home. Instead of that happening, adult interactive performers kind of get to decide what they want to do, what they're comfortable doing. They don't have to do what they don't want to do. They monetize their own content, their own shows directly to fans. And they're able to do that because there are companies like Chatterbait, I Want Clips, etc., who have stepped up and provided these platforms where they can do that. That's really a very transformative technology. It turned the industry in all kinds of new and different directions. It's also a big fuck you to the people out there who keep trying to push this narrative that the adult industry is somehow exploitative. Because now, all we have now are platforms who are providing this service and saying, hey, it's available to you if you want to use it. The performers are seeking out these platforms, doing what they want to do, making a living, monetizing what they do, living with some freedom and some independence. And yet we still have like people like the New York Times, the Atlantic, trying to write this tired old narrative about exploited uh, performers and adult. They completely don't understand the new dynamic. Why Not Cam Awards is about communicating that new dynamic to the entire world while recognizing these awesome women and men who work day in, day out, tirelessly uh, in this particular space of adult entertainment. So that's what the Cam Awards is all about. We also have going on at the same time, Why Not Community, which is a trade show, a conference that's really, it's geared more towards models and performers, but anybody in the cam and clip sector uh, of the industry with an interest in that area are encouraged to attend. Uh, it's going to be a couple days of seminars and sessions, networking events. There will be a meat market. There will be companies exhibiting there. There will be free stuff that, that we're giving away. And of course, the real popular attractions will also be the parties that will be happening at night, the, the, the networking mixers that will be happening. Uh, we've actually got some really cool shit planned for you guys. I can't really, I can't tell you now, I'm sorry, because we have to break this stuff little by little. It's part of the way we roll out a show. We'll be making announcements on all the big parties and events and, and attractions that will be going on at Why Not Community. Uh, but this is a really fun time. It's going to be at the W Hollywood Hotel, right on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, so it's right, it's like a block and a half away from Avalon where Why Not Cam Awards will be happening. So people will be arriving on October 11th. There'll be some activity that night, which we'll be able to share with you guys here shortly. There'll be a couple days worth of, of seminars and exhibits and, um, and sessions and all kinds of good stuff happening. 
uh, just some really fun networking. Lots of friendships will be will be going on. It's going to be exciting to see people too. After not seeing people for so long, just getting a chance to see people in person, that's really going to be a lot of fun. And then we're going to be wrapping up on October 14th with the Why Not Cam Awards at Avalon Hollywood. That one I can tell you about. It's going to be amazing. Red Carpet Affair, live streamed out to tens of thousands of fans around the world. Dinner, uh, drinks, there'll be a comedy show that'll be happening before the awards show. Uh, Hollywood is a really fun time. If you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated. Plan to come out and attend these shows, uh, hang out with us, and have a really good time in Hollywood. And you won't regret it. I guarantee you, you won't regret it. I still see models and performers that I know met at Why Not Community. Uh, I see them online today interacting and working together. And it always makes me smile because I know, you know what? That relationship started in Hollywood and it's still going strong today. And that's fucking awesome. Can't tell you how awesome that is. Now, this episode, we talk with Amin Soleimani, who is the CEO of Spank Chain, or you may know them as Spank Pay, and we're talking crypto, which is admittedly not a really easy topic to wrap your head around when you start diving into it. I think we all understand the basics of crypto, digital currency, but when we start asking more advanced questions like, all right, how do I get set up? What are the challenges? Is this stuff safe? What about volatility? Uh, how does this work, right? That's when it starts to get a little bit more confusing. And so the hope was to shed some light on these topics. Uh, and that's why I, that's really the approach I took in this interview with Amin. Um, the other area that I'm interested in really is just alternatives because I'm somebody who doesn't like having all of his eggs in one basket. And we're sort of, we have a, a bit of a weakness, I guess you could say, in this industry in that we rely heavily on credit cards. Visa, MasterCard in particular. American Express already pulled out of the adult industry all the way back in, gosh, it was either the early 2000s or the late 1990s. I want to say the early 2000s. Um, PayPal discriminates against our industry already. So we already have some limitations on the type of payments that we can accept. It took, or it appears to have taken, just one hysterical article from a New York Times columnist who I don't believe has his head in a genuine and honest place, somebody who I think is actively trying to hurt our industry, somebody who I think went out and found an edge case that he can amplify and make a big deal about it and try to hurt our industry. It took apparently just that one columnist for MasterCard to start taking heavier looks at our industry and, and, and imposing new rules and restrictions. And while that's okay, because like some of these rules and restrictions will help make sure that our industry does things properly um, and, and that we're, we're concerned about edge cases, right? That might, that might not be ideal. For example, um, th so you know what I'm talking about, so I'm not beating about around the bush. Are there people getting onto platforms who, uh, who maybe are underage? Right, who are presenting themselves as adults and then they start uploading their videos to Pornhub or something like that. Are there instances where somebody uploads videos to Pornhub and they don't have the consent of the people in those videos for them to appear on Pornhub or on the internet, et cetera, et cetera. These cases are edge cases. They don't happen very often, but it is possible for them to happen. And to the extent that we have rules and requirements that help us make sure that we're protecting against those scenarios happening, that's okay. But 
you do have to be concerned when you when you see credit card companies taking that more careful look at adult. And when you think of how much money they make worldwide on everything that they do, adult is such a drop in the bucket for them. It really probably wouldn't take very much for them to go the way of American Express if they really wanted to. Uh, and that's kind of a scary place to be. So crypto, I'm interested in crypto because I'm wondering, does this provide the adult industry with some alternatives? Alternatives, other ways for us to to uh, collect money from our customers, um, other ways to, to monetize. Um, I don't know. That's what we talk about. That was my question to Amin, and you'll get to hear what he has to say about that uh, coming up in this interview. So without any further delay, let's jump right to it. This is me talking with Amin Soleimani from Spank Chain. <laughs> All right, Amin, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Um, so thanks for joining us on Sell Porn or Die Trying. Yeah, thanks for having me, Connor. Yeah, this is a topic I've been wanting to talk with somebody about for a while now um, and uh, just about crypto in general. So having you on the show, it's 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 per- just perfect. Uh, really wanting to get into that topic with somebody who knows what they're, what they're talking about. Um, so before we get into that, though, I want to, for people who don't know you uh, and kind of know your background, let's get into that first. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you were doing before you started uh, Spank Chain and what sort of brought you to, uh, to where you are today? Uh, so I am the CEO and co-founder of Spank Chain. Uh, we started about 2017, uh, did an ICO, raised a couple million dollars, um, have been building tools for uh, bringing the benefits of cryptocurrency to sex workers uh, for the last uh, few years since then. Um, built a product called SpankPay, which you know, helps uh, businesses and sex workers accept crypto. Um, and personally, before uh, I started SpankChain, I was working at a company that was was small, uh, now is much bigger, uh, called Consensus, which is one of the, the first Ethereum uh, startups um, started by a guy named Joe Lubin, who's one of the co-founders of Ethereum. Uh, and there, I was working on a couple things: um, some about uh, advertising, trying to come up with uh, ways of detecting ad fraud, uh, and also uh, working on uh, scalability technologies, uh, things like payment channels for being able to do micropayments, um, and. Uh, you know, being a, basically an Ethereum software engineer. So with respect to adults specifically, do you, do you recall when you had that sort of aha moment when you were thinking, you know what, <laughs> this, is a, this is ideal for adult and we need to get into this? Do you, do you remember how that happened? Yeah, I do. I, I think I, well, it, it didn't actually come from uh, the adult industry. It came from uh, thinking that, you know, the, the adults is probably like one of the ideal places for crypto to bloom. Uh, it was uh, looking around and, 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 and around 2017, there wasn't a lot of use cases for blockchain. Uh, people hadn't really figured it out. Uh, there was maybe like CryptoKitties was one project people might have heard of uh, that was doing like tradable, breedable cats, kind of like uh, Tamagotchis. Um, and then the, the only other thing was MakerDAO, which was this like lending platform that nobody really understood back then. Um, and I wanted to try to see if uh, building a campsite was a was a good idea. So we tried to bring our micro my micropayments research uh, that we were doing and try to find the first use for for scalable payments. 
uh, within the adult industry, thinking that, you know, because the adult industry is sort of routinely discriminated against by banks and like have these trouble with chargebacks and fraud, that they might be the, the you know, best candidate for, for this um, technology as like a first use case. Well, and did you, did you know people in the industry already or did you, did you kind of have to sort of go out and make those relationships from scratch? Didn't know anybody in the industry to begin with. And we had to make a bunch of those relationships from scratch. So we, we met a couple porn stars and uh, that we uh, were able to produce some, some great content with uh, to, to inform, you know, the rest of the crypto community, what was going on. Uh, Caden Cross was an early advisor. Um, we, we also worked with uh, Brett Rossi on, on a video as well. Um, and uh, since then have been you know, fortunate enough to build relationships with more um, models and, and uh, people in the adult industry that were able to help us out. Um, Ali Knox, Brenna Sparks are, are both advisors. Very cool. Yeah, I know Ali very w- well from um, working with her at Cam Awards uh, we do in Hollywood. So, um, yeah, good person. And uh, that's awesome to hear. Uh, so if, if you look over your website, um, you know, I, I got to be honest, it's a little overwhelming at first for people who maybe don't know everything you guys offer and how the different technologies and, and, and products kind of come together. So I wanted to do an overview of that a little bit so we can kind of set the, uh, the baseline here. Um, so can you give us your, your sort of trade show pitch for, for Spank Chain, Spank Pay, all the different family products, what they are? If you had like uh, somebody at the trade show booth and you were trying to explain it to them uh, real quickly, how, how, would you, how, would you, how would you describe that? Right now, our trade show pitch is pretty focused on Spank Pay. Uh, it's, uh, you know, the way for... Uh, you to accept cryptocurrency as a business um, through a checkout flow, just like you know you would any other uh, checkout flow, uh, like PayPal or, or things like that. Um, and then for models, you can create a uh, unique uh, web website that also uh, allows people to pay you in crypto. Um, and the advantage of using something like SpankPay as a hosted wallet, you know, instead of uh, like your, your normal, you know, crypto wallet is that, uh, we help you keep the money stable. If you want, we automatically convert your earnings into dollars. And we also provide the service of helping you cash it out to your bank. And so it's, uh, and, and it's potentially more secure if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, a lot of people, when they create a wallet and they have to self custody funds for the first time, they don't really realize what that means. And so they won't, you know, take, like back up their seed phrase and, and be able to, you know, prepare to be able to recover their wallet if they need to. And so by using a hosted service like SpankPay, they, they don't have that risk. Uh, they can just get started in minutes with a username and email and uh, start accepting crypto right away um, at, at the individual level. At the level of a merchant, it's a little bit more work because you'll need your developer to integrate our SDK. Um, but that's that's the basics. Um, we started out. If, if if you asked me to tell me you this trade the trade show pitch like two years ago, it would have been a little bit different because uh, I would have been pitching you on Spank Live, which was our our campsite at the time, which had you know this like micropayment channels stuff, uh, scalable payments, you know, built in. Um, it ultimately served as an interesting showcase for the technology and bootstrapped you know the company that's now working on that solution for for other um, you know at scale. Uh, but it, it didn't turn out to be immediately useful for the adult industry. Uh, and so we pivoted away to try to make ourselves more immediately useful. Uh, and so that's Spank Bay. It's like 
you know, a lot, a lot of people in crypto got there because they went through Coinbase. Uh, and even though, you know, Coinbase like holds your keys and holds your money and people recommend that you don't keep your money on an exchange and then you hold it yourself. Uh, if you're new, everybody sort of goes through this leveling up phase. Uh, and we, we want that to be, uh, that's what we want SpankPay to be for the, for the adult industry is the opportunity to uh, level up, get, get your you know, feet wet with crypto. And then once you feel comfortable, you can you know, move your money out of it, self-custody and, and so forth. But people typically need that you know, first, uh, first push to get into it. And uh, that's bank pay. That, that makes sense. So, there, so it sounds like there's, we're still in the beginning stages of consumers getting comfortable paying with crypto. So there were just so many that aren't there yet. That from a model's perspective, look, I'm not going to work with, you know, only this percentage of people are comfortable paying crypto. I want the, all the payment options in place so that I can make as much money as possible. Is, is that kind of what happened? Yeah. Models care about their bottom line. And if you, you know, uh, it, well, for, for something like Spank Live, you know, it's a cam site. You're, you're spending your time. You're sitting, you know, on, on the site. You're, you might not be on another site. And so it's really important that you find customers at that time. Whereas something like Spank Pay, it's more passive. You set it up once, maybe you forget about it for a couple months. Then you you find a customer who's into crypto. Then you you know you can bring up your Spank Pay, and then and then it's still useful to you. And then maybe after that, you you decide that this thing is cool, and you start learning more about crypto, and you take it from there. So it's a little easier onboarding experience. Yeah, and how hard was it to get the company off the ground? So from the time you you thought, hey, I want to you know we want to do this, you got your team together, you're starting, you're trying to raise money. Um, was that a difficult process, uh, considering you know how advanced this topic is, really? And, and, and was it hard to get the company off the ground, or did you find that there was just so much enthusiasm for the idea that it went real smooth? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, there, there was a lot of enthusiasm for the idea, uh, and it didn't hurt that we were actually building like legitimate scaling solutions for Ethereum, because that meant that some of our backers were just Ethereum whales that wanted to see that work. Uh, and that that research done, uh, and you know, considered the rest of it as as a somewhat of a bonus. Um, but at this point, you know, we're we're entirely focused on uh, providing benefits of of crypto to sex workers. We're not doing any sort of research. Uh, we got a four hundred and twenty thousand dollar retroactive grant from the Ethereum Foundation for our hard work, uh, <laughs> and uh, moved on. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And Spank Chain is based on Ethereum, right? So can you explain what that means exactly for people who don't understand how that works? I, I've used the word Ethereum a lot just because, you know, that's my background. I used to, you know, work on it uh, more. Um, but uh, Spank Chain start is, is a, uh, has an ERC-20 token called Spank. Um, it also has a loyalty rewards program called the Spank Bank. And the way that works is you uh, lock up your, your Spank tokens uh, that you get this like loyalty token for for our community. Um, this is you know what we sold in our in our uh, initial fundraising event uh, a couple of years ago, um, and uh, we give out rewards uh, loyalty rewards to our Spank Bank you know stakers. Um, so all of that is built on Ethereum. Uh, we originally had the Spank Live Cam site uh, also built on Ethereum, but. Uh, since, you know, we, we closed that down that, um, it's not running anymore, but, uh, the, the token and the, the Spank bank are, are still there. So for Spank 
uh, pay, we, uh, just to be clear, like for Spank Pay, we let you accept Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, Litecoin. We're working on getting Dogecoin in, you know, uh, and, and a couple of dollars coins, USDC DAI is, is on its way. So uh, it's not like we, you know, only like Ethereum, right? We want to help you get paid and, and whatever, right? We, Spank Pay now accepts debit cards too, and, and we'll, we'll come back to that. But um, uh, the, the, the core, uh, just the loyalty contract is, is still based on Ethereum. So what, 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 when I say it's based on Ethereum, um, all of these things are basically programs. Uh, so this is just like a little fun fact about Ethereum. If you, if you don't know how it you know, works, like to conceptualize these things, like a token is basically just like a little spreadsheet, uh, with two columns and the column is like, you know, address, which is like, you know, who is it? And then amount, which is how much do they have? Right. And with those two numbers, you know, you, you, you have that sheet and it has that data and then, uh, you can transfer these, uh, tokens from different, uh, addresses, right. To each other. And there's, there's essentially a program that defines all of that. And it says, here is the data that I hold. I hold the data and it is, you know, who has money and how much. Uh, and then I have a function and the function is if you, you know, I can transfer money from one person to another. Um, and so instead of being deployed on, you know, a server like owned by a company, these things are uh, deployed on the Ethereum blockchain. And so they're transparent and public. And it's cool because then they can plug into other services and features that also read from this like global public database. One example is that. Uh, Spank Chain has a like insiders, you know, only uh, Telegram group where you have to have uh, 42,069 uh, Spank tokens to get in. Uh, and if you have that in your wallet, uh, the Telegram bot that manages the group like won't kick you out of the group when you try to join. Uh, and so we can discuss our you know secret plans uh, and stuff. Uh, without without needing to like build something like that ourselves because you know the data is public and that's a pretty common uh, new use case um, and we're actually seeing like social tokens uh, on Ethereum and other platforms take off because they uh, define a sort of club membership uh, on the blockchain and then these these things can read from it and you you have like community discords that are gated and permissioned uh, to be like only my token holders can join. It's like this interesting spin on OnlyFans, where instead of it being like a you know one-off subscription, you like join a sort of community um, by holding the token, uh, which which I think is is pretty cool. Yeah, so no cost to you per se, just just hold the token. And is that is that intended to sort of promote uh, stability, token stability as well? Does that help with that? I think it's mostly intended to align incentives because if the way that uh, if, if more people have to buy more tokens to join the club and, and the club becomes attractive as a result of, you know, initial people, then like they might also want to buy some, which might make the price uh, increase. But that's that's not the point of, of Spank per se. It's just like an interesting side effect of uh, the fact like of uh, having your, you know, sort of stakeholders uh, on this open public database. Um, there's all sorts of cool things you can do as a result of that. Okay, so let's kind of go back to the the start here, and let's assume um, we're talking about merchants here now who have some sort of a website. They're offering something uh, with adult content, adult products, adult um, adult videos, something that they're charging customers for, and they're looking around, going, "You know what? I want to accept crypto." Okay, so they come to you. 
how what's how hard is it for them to get started? What does that process look like? Are there is there special documentation they need? Are there hurdles they're going to run into? Um, how hard would it be for them to go from no crypto to now I accept crypto? Really easy. Um, we we've worked pretty hard to try to make it as easy as possible. Uh, you would set up the SDK. So you go to docs.spankpay.com. You know, you you make a SpankPay account. You get your API keys, uh, and then you uh, would would basically put one line of JavaScript on your website and add a couple lines of code to your server. And uh, when your user goes through the checkout, uh, it'll trigger our pop-up for them. And then when we confirm that the payment has uh, taken place, we'll ping your server and let you know. And then you can provide the user you know, access to the, the content or update their token balance or what have you. Um, we've had uh, a number of, of merchant um, customers for uh, a couple of years now. Sky Private, Sex Panther. Uh, we recently, uh, we've had Dresser fans for a while. We recently added um, uh, Flirt for Free. Um, and so we're, we're helping them all accept crypto. Um, and then, you know, for, for, for most of, so, so we have like two very distinct kinds of crypto uh, merchants. Um, some are like, you know, we hate crypto. We just want to accept it. Uh, we, we, you know, it's just another payment option to us, but like everything goes through our bank. Uh, and so they're happy that, you know, they can cash out to their bank, um, and, and that part. So, you know, they, they test the thing. It takes, takes, uh, you know, extra couple of days to set up the, the bank integration, but it's still pretty easy. We have a partner wire that we do all that through the other type of merchant partner that we get is like crypto maximalists, uh, that want to hodl to the moon. And they've done pretty well over the last year because they might have gotten, you know, some amount of income in the actual crypto payments and then earn 10 times as much uh, by just holding it. The process of, okay, I know that I've talked to people who are concerned with crypto in terms of volatility because, you know, it can go up and down quite dramatically. Um, some of uh, some of my own uh, holdings uh, shot up by 100% in the last week, I do have to say. Uh, you might know which uh, which one that was, but uh, it's a lot of excited people about that. But what goes up can come down, can be a bit of a roller coaster. So for those merchants who just want to say, okay, I want to accept crypto, but like you were saying, I want to push it off to my bank account as quickly as possible, like once I get it. Is that hard for them to set up or is it, do the banks cause any uh, issues or they just link their bank account and then transfer like PayPal or, or how's that look? Yeah. You just link your bank account and uh, push a button should work. Um, okay. So very similar to like PayPal or something like that, getting your money out of PayPal into your bank account. Yep. And we will automatically convert it to USD for you as you get it. So there's no volatility risk. I wanted to get a sense of what it's like for end users um, who are showing up on a site like Flirt for free and seeing that there's a crypto option and they want to take advantage of that. But maybe they don't have a wallet set up. They don't have any Bitcoin. They just want to get going with that. They see it as an option. They like it. Uh, what's involved? How could they get from the point where they have no crypto wallet, no cryptocurrencies to where, hey, now I'm paying with crypto on Flirt for free? Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's 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 a little bit tricky because uh, chargebacks basically um, chargebacks are when you know you, you pay for something and then you call your bank and reverse the transaction, but crypto transactions aren't uh, reversible. So if you reverse a per crypto purchase, then you still have the crypto. So anybody selling you crypto uh, for you know with that that you're buying with a card uh, is taking on a, a lot of risk. Fortunately, within SpankPay. Uh, we do have a debit card processor that takes on all our chargeback risk. And so we can 
uh, allow customers to uh, sort of buy crypto at the time uh, with their debit card up to a limit of $500 per transaction. So that's helpful. Um, you can also buy crypto directly through MetaMask, which is a, an Ethereum wallet that you, you can set up and then download. And uh, once you've got it set up, uh, if you don't have any crypto, uh, there'll be a button and, and it'll say, you know, buy, buy crypto with, with a debit card. It actually uses the same debit card processor wire uh, that we do. So uh, in theory, if you go, get to flirt for free, you, you could make a spank pay account and then even uh, tip yourself <laughs> uh, in, in crypto. Like you could go through the checkout process and like pay with a debit card. Uh, and then you would have, you know, crypto earnings uh, that you could then either pull out to a wallet or, uh, you, if, if you have a spank pay account, you can actually sign in and then spend your balance on any of the sites that we're integrated with, like flirt for free and, you know, just for fans and so on. Uh, and so, and that doesn't have a transaction cost and it's, and it's instant. So it's a decent way if, if you're mostly using spank pay. Um, fortunately, uh, generally things that use crypto benefit from the fact that you can adopt it once anywhere. Right. Like if you've picked up some ether to speculate on crypto kitties uh, or you tried to buy an NFT or you wanted some art or, you know, you got into something, then like you are now in crypto. Right. And so it doesn't really matter where you got in because you got in somewhere and now you're a, a ready and able customer for for one of these uh, platforms. OK. Yeah. So generally, obviously, especially in the U.S., credit cards are very popular here. Uh, most people are going to see the vast majority of their earnings coming in from credit card payments. Um, there are reasons why I think crypto is increasingly important. And so but I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on that. So if a merchant is maybe a little skeptical on like, man, should I bother? Do I need crypto right now? I'm making all, all these sales from credit cards. What are, if you were to pitch, what are some of the primary reasons why you think adult merchants um, or sex workers really ought to start thinking about, you know what, I really ought to start getting in the crypto game and accepting crypto right now. What are the benefits of that? What are the reasons they should be thinking about doing that? It's, it's sort of a hedge. Um, so like, well, uh, last time I checked, which was about two weeks ago, I still couldn't pay for Model Hub uh, uh, porn uh, because they didn't have a checkout system. Uh, they, they let you buy Pornhub premium subscriptions with crypto because even though they got shut down, uh, they still accept crypto uh, on for, for Pornhub premium, but they haven't like figured out how to get that over to the Model Hub yet. So they just don't have any Model Hub income. So like at the very least... You know, having your crypto checkout in place is like a hedge for getting your, you know, uh, normal like credit card or, or, or debit card uh, checkout process frozen. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, the, the other flip side of that is like uh, you, you could earn, you know, money by, by holding it. Um, and, and then you're encouraging your users to, to do it as well. And so uh, the more users use stuff like crypto and pay for stuff like crypto, the less you are beholden to the whims of the, the payment processors. Um, and so I, I think everyone in the adult industry should actually be encouraging their users to, to use crypto. Um, and, I, and I think they should be potentially buying it for like, I'm surprised more porn companies aren't, you know, buying it for their own treasuries, uh, to, you know, uh, so showing solidarity with Tesla <laughs> and, and Square. Yeah, it, it, the the bank issue is actually um, kind of number one on my list. Like I've seen um, banks becoming increasingly 
difficult to work with. And um, I don't even know if it's just adult per se or just that's just the way that they're trending. And, um, you know, it was kind of going through your white paper and some of the stuff on your website. And, and I know you guys are aware of that. Um, do you have any stories or anything you could talk about uh, in that regard with respect to bank nightmares or problems that the adult industry specifically faces when trying to deal with mainstream banks um, like, you know, Chase Bank, for example, or some of these some of these entities are are, are there legit concerns there uh, that make crypto even more attractive? Uh, a couple thoughts at the individual level. It's certainly uh, helpful because at the individual level, like even if you have you know money in banks, what you're mostly concerned about is like your payment apps, you know, getting shut down uh, and not being able to get money sent to you. And so, having a crypto wallet means that you and, and customers that know how to you know, send you money in that way means that that threat doesn't really matter to you anymore. Um, and at, at a larger scale, like if if you know merchants uh, ha- adopted you know crypto and had most of their customers paying them in crypto, then they also wouldn't have to you know care too much about what the payment processors think. Um, and the, an interesting thing is that what uh, today is that banks are actually doing a sort of one eighty on on crypto. Uh, two years ago, you know, crypto was was bad. Bitcoin was a scam. I don't know. You, Jamie Dimon's on television telling you not to buy it. Meanwhile, they they just set up their own whole like crypto trading division, right? So it's like uh, they're they're just trying to buy it from you cheap, you know. Uh, that <laughs> that's that's their whole game. Um, and and now that banks have have started to adopt crypto, I think the risk is a little lower for you know adult companies that do also want to explore crypto to face some sort of you know discrimination as a result of the crypto. Uh, the, of course, the the discrimination, uh, you know, from being an adult business, uh, it still remains. You know, we we got kicked out of our uh, Wells Fargo bank uh, within a couple months of starting up. I can't tell if it was the spank or the chain uh, that did it, but it was one of those two. <laughs> I assume they gave you uh, no uh, no information whatsoever, a shadowy message about terminating relationships and not bothering to explain why. Is that is that pretty much uh, how that went down? Pretty, pretty much. Uh, probably like one too many, you know, payments from Coinbase, uh, <laughs> something like that. And then they looked at the name or something like so. Um, but, uh, you know, once once you're done playing like bank whack-a-mole, uh, you realize that you can actually there's also like advantages to having your money in crypto that didn't even exist two years ago. Like uh, all of this whole DeFi decentralized finance um financial system that's being built primarily on Ethereum and other other blockchains as well uh, didn't exist. Um, but today you could get like 10% on your dollars. And so crypto is no longer just a speculative asset. It's like also a competitive place to park your money. I remember pitching the like a couple of the payment processors who have, you know, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars in, in floating capital that they just have to you know, have uh, in transition, you know, for chargebacks and liability uh, of other people's money. I was like, why don't you put that in this like lending protocol <laughs> where you can earn 10% on it per year? Like that's huge. Right. Um, but for them, you know, at the time they, they're very wary of, uh, and these are the payment, you know, adult payment processors themselves. They're, they're very wary of uh, annoying <laughs> their banking partners and and the regulators that oversee them, and so they don't want to necessarily be the upstart uh, who's trying new things with people's money, um, you know, right right out the gate. Uh, 
And so I, I think it's I think it's a matter of time, right? Once once there's more like institutional facing products that offer these these services too, then then those can be helpful. But uh, un- unless you're willing to you know accept crypto directly and hold crypto, then you're you're still sort of at the whims of the the current uh, you know lords of the the banking system and 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 their discrimination. Yeah, and, and is there a risk like if your business starts accepting crypto? And you do catch the attention of your bank and they're browsing through your website and they see that you're, you've got crypto, you know, prominently featured. Have you heard any stories of any merchants like getting discriminated on based on that or are their accounts suddenly getting terminated because the banks don't like that they're dealing with crypto? I'd have to think they see crypto as a pretty giant threat. Yeah, I haven't seen that specifically yet. Like, like specifically being the you know an adult company that has some issues that then adopts crypto and then has more issues, right? Um, I, I haven't seen that yet. I've seen like you know adult companies get get kicked out. I've seen crypto companies get kicked out, but it seems that crypto companies are getting kicked out less. Um, and so it seems that you risk less now doing something like that than you did uh, before. Like now, if you do it, you know, Elon did it. Right. So like, what's the problem? Yeah, and does that does the fact you said like you mentioned the banks setting up their own is all that mainstreaming of crypto. Does that come with any concern that the banks might find some way to sort of control this whole thing at the end of the day through uh, their, you know, their friends and government and legislation and and all that kind of stuff? Is there some concern there or do you feel confident that crypto is set up in such a way that doesn't really matter what they do? They can scream in the wind and there's just not much they can do about it. There, there was a prohibition in the United States before uh, where where they banned alcohol. Uh, that didn't really work. Um, people do what they will. Right. So and, and these networks are set up to be publicly accessible. Uh, you, you'd have to do a lot of work to make them not publicly accessible. And that's kind of the, the point. Right. Uh, like it's possible that, you know, the banks will try to co-op the whole thing, but like your ability to use it if you want, shouldn't disappear entirely. Maybe you have to jump through a a couple extra hoops, but it'll still be there. Um, So I think, uh, I think the risk have actually been overblown. Like I I think I actually underestimated the degree to which like institutions would actually come around. Uh, to crypto and Bitcoin and stuff like a lot of people expected there to be this sort of showdown uh, and the showdown hasn't happened. And like you can buy Bitcoin on PayPal, you know, like that, that means something you know else is going on here. Uh, <laughs> it's like not going to it's not going to be a showdown. You know, it's it's gonna. <laughs> I started developing online in uh, 1997 and I remember at that time, just it was such a wild west and there was very little with respect to regulations and rules and um the internet wasn't really well understood by by the mainstream just yet it was starting to become well known there was no google there was no facebook there was no twitter none of these things existed and there was always this desire to sort of control the web and get get web developers under control and I used to look at it early on and think, man, I don't see any way for them to do that. There's servers everywhere all over the world. People can be doing whatever they want from anywhere. Little by little, you know, they started finding ways. They just chipped away at it. And, you know, the development of Google showing up really and, and taking over all that search traffic was was key there. Um, they, there's ways that they use their market position to sort of control 
what developers have to do in order to please them or you're cut out of the Google uh, uh, traffic stream. Um, it's just it, little by little, it's it, where there's a will, there's a way, I guess, is what I'm saying. So um, that's what I'm kind of trying to get at. Is there is there any way that you see um, and it sounds like you're saying maybe that's your answer um, that that over time, little by little, these banks pass this rule, pass that rule. You want to hold crypto, you have to go through this process. You have to submit this documentation because I would think at the end of the day, what they want to do is track what people are doing online, right? Where is that going? You know, how are people paying for things? What are they paying for? And that leads to the question of, of privacy. So is there anything that you see coming down um, the, the pipe here that might hurt privacy with respect to um, that what people are doing with crypto, what they're buying and, and, and how they're how they're using it. Sure. So there have been some proposed legislations to enforce, you know, anti-money laundering on crypto transactions that would require, you know, merchants to uh, 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 you know, collect information on the customers as well for crypto transactions over a certain amount. Um, that that would be pretty annoying if that passes uh, because, like, you know, it, when you pay with a credit card, they sort of already have your information, right? Um, they, they they it's tied to your bank, um, and and so you you play into the financial panopticon uh, surveillance, uh, uh, you know, on all the all the transactions, um, and and they're trying to extend that to everything, right? Like, in the next five years, uh, we're we're going to have like a whole new payment system. Things called CBDCs, central bank digital currencies. China's already getting their set up. Uh, it's only a matter of time before, before the rest of the world uh, comes around. Um, and those are basically, you know, think about PayPal, but if it was run by the Federal Reserve, right? And and it works uh, all across the United States uh, for for everything, right? And so your your bank money is really on that network, um, and that would be completely transparent to the central bank. Right. And they would be able to see all of your transactions. Um, and so, so there's two things. There's like the the there's like the short term and the long term. And like in the short term, you can like fight the regulations on the AML on crypto transactions and stuff. But like in the long term, like unless you defeat the you know looming surveillance financial system, then like it sort of doesn't matter. Uh, and, and like for many people in crypto, like the thing we, we, we want is cash. Right. Like we want this cash thing that like has been supported for centuries uh, and brought privacy. Uh, but uh, like like, you know, when you when you pay with cash, nobody has like a record of of what you bought and uh, who, who you are and where you, know, where you got the money and, and so forth. Right. Um, the, the buck, so to speak, sort of stops with you. Um, and, and there are ways of, of creating that privacy within crypto networks. Uh, so I actually was able to give the first grant uh, through a grant making organization I started uh, to a project called uh, Tornado Cash. And so Tornado Cash is a mixer uh, on Ethereum that allows you to create like a black box around Ethereum transactions. Uh, and so this is, you know, privacy being important to us. Um, we wanted a way of uh, getting Ether that didn't have a, a traceable record. Um, the only way you really could do that before uh, was to like go through an exchange, but then the exchange knows. You know, you, you send your money to an exchange, you send it to a different address, but then the exchange still still knows. And so, if somebody you know wants, they can go ask the exchange. Um, but we made it so that now on Ethereum through Tornado Cash, you can like actually have privacy. 
Uh, and this is through like magical, you know, crypt- cryptography uh, called ZK Snarks that nobody's ever heard of, but uh, it, it gives me hope. Um, and the hope is that things like this will be deployed for multiple currencies on multiple blockchains. Just kind of to, to wrap up the conversation, there's, there, I just wanted to get your thoughts on where we're going over the next couple of years. So as you look uh, to the end of 2021 and then into 2022, as hopefully we're starting to come out of this, this whole pandemic by then and things will be back to normal. What do you see happening with crypto? Like if you were to give some advice and someone's coming to you and saying, hey, where do you see this going? How big is it going to get? Are there any major developments? Are there any major fights that you see coming down the line that people need to be aware of? Um, Just give me your thoughts on on your crystal ball thoughts in the next uh, year and a half. Crystal ball year and a half. Um, I think one of the big things to look out for is NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Uh, There's been a lot of interesting development and um, uh, marketing around around NFTs uh, and performers as well as brands have started to adopt them. Uh, you know, you, you you see like Brazzers did the 420 thing on Rarible. They sold a couple supple NFT cards. Um, there's a couple new platforms. Naughty America launched uh, Stars and Sponsors, um, which was a way for for them to you know connect uh, their 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 community with with uh, some of their models. Um, and I think I think models selling access and uh, you know uh, sort of like OnlyFans, but um, on the blockchain is is going to be a, a pretty big deal. Uh, and and I and I'm excited for that to be like a driving force uh, for crypto generally. You know, both on the the model side, learning how to you know uh, create these sort of like uh, authenticated. Uh, you know, clips and, and, and posts, uh, that, that it's sort of like a signing at AVN, um, you know, where, where you, you know, have somebody come and you give them an autograph. Um, I think, I think things like that are, are pretty big because people, people like the, to build the connection. Um, uh, otherwise, uh, I think it's all going to scale, uh, generally speaking, and that means it'll be a lot cheaper to use. And so I could see crypto going from the sort of like 1% of payments to maybe like 5 or 10% of payments uh, within the next two years. Because um, it's really the limiting factor is like, do you have crypto? Uh, and if you bought, you know, some Dogecoin and, and we let you uh, tip bottles with Dogecoin on SpankPay, which we'll do pretty soon, then like, you know, you might, uh, you're set, right? Like you're now a crypto user. Um, even if even if you weren't like trying to, you know, buy crypto to, to use SpankPay, you you figured it out somewhere else and and now you're in the game. Very cool. Appreciate that. And, and just to clarify, uh, there's something I did mean to ask before and I want to make sure I ask this. Uh, from the user's point of view, talking about like, say I'm tipping a model with Dogecoin, um, how, how much privacy is that user having? Because an adult, like some people are maybe concerned that they're, you know, that their wife's going to find out or, or whatever. <laughs> Somebody's going to find out what they're doing. And, and would you say crypto is providing them with a, a lot of um, privacy in that regard? Or is there still ways that people are getting busted? Uh, if your wife knows your wallet address, you can still get busted. Uh, but if she's only looking at your credit card statements, you're probably fine. There's there's ways of, of, of getting additional privacy, you know, using multiple wallets, uh, mixing it through an exchange. Um, and, and on the model side, uh, we, we also create a new 
uh, address for every transaction. So nobody can look at your, uh, you know, a transaction that they previously sent money to and see who else sent you money and how much. Privacy is pretty important, but yeah, if you if you have your you know if you're a Doge whale and your wife knows your wallet and then she she's like, what are all these you know twenty dollar thirty dollar transactions that you sent out? Um, she, you know, it, it won't be evidenced uh, that you sent it to SpankPay, but you know, uh, you'll you'll have to explain it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and and over the that next year and a half or so, like if you were if like. Are there, are there any coins that stand out to you? Like Bitcoin, of course, is limited in terms of um, how much is out there. Does that provide it with a, a great advantage uh, that you think like people should look into? Are there, are there if you were to hold your your uh, your money in one coin, do you have any recommendations on which ones uh, people should look at the most? Maybe uh, like the top two or three that you you'd, you'd recommend people uh, look at. Um, we're we're big fans of Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, I think with those two, you you sort of can't go wrong. Big, big. I mean, obviously, uh, this is an investment advice. Uh, you know, you you have to make your own financial decisions. Um, but Bitcoin is sort of the like sure bet. Uh, more, sure, you know, it doesn't have like development that needs to be done. It, it'll just still be there uh, and exist. And so long as more people want it, then uh, it'll continue to be valuable, possibly more valuable. Um, Ethereum is a little bit of a you know more risky bet because there's more moving parts. There's still work to do to finish the protocol, uh, but it has definitely found its home as a, a platform for decentralized programs to take off uh, and is now, uh, you know, the home of, of DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations, people reinventing, you know, clubs basically, uh, as well as, you know, a whole fi- financial system with DeFi, you can lend and, and earn interest. Um, as well as privacy tools like Tornado. So, so there's really like a big ecosystem that is growing. And, and like between the two of them, you sort of, uh, you know, hedge your bets on, on, you know, the future being a little, uh, being, you know, a good place uh, where where like maybe Ethereum works and and we're all like happy because, you know, the government doesn't come after this stuff or maybe like uh, it's a little bit more adversarial and like uh, Bitcoin does well. Right. So we hold both of those probably in the highest, um, we're also big fans of Uniswap. Uh, they, they bought us our house because um, we were early liquidity providers uh, and they're continuing to produce uh, really powerful innovation uh, around market mechanics that will completely change how we think about uh, exchange. Yeah, I'm a fan of anybody who buys me a house. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, 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 good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, def- that's definitely good. Is, is there anything I haven't asked you that you really think is important that, that you'd like to get out there to the, uh, to the audience as, as, uh, before we sign off here? Well, I'll sign up for SpankPay if you haven't done it and uh, tell your friends to get into crypto. And it's, it's never too late. You know, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I thought I missed it like five, six years ago when I started. Uh, and, and even then, like new things still came up and there, there were more opportunities and uh, the, the wave is, is going to continue to go. So, uh, you know, obviously don't throw all your money into it and, and be careful. Um, but if you want to, you know, take the first steps to learn, uh, having a little is, is a good way to, you know, motivate yourself to figure out what's going on. Yeah. That's, and I can back that up with, like I say, I, I just about a week or two ago, I don't know what it was. I put some money in Dogecoin just for the fun of it. Cause I just, you know, I didn't really, I, everyone was having so much fun talking about it. I'm like, ah, I want a ticket to the roller coaster. So I threw some money in it. It's, it's doubled. So now I'm like, I don't know. You think I should sell it? 
<laughs> cash out, <laughs> like doubled my money in like a week or two. <laughs> yeah. If you remember, you know, when you take profits, you have to pay taxes on those. So like take your profits and or just set aside the taxes. Right. Uh, Doge is great. I wish I had more Doge because Doge is like, if you have Doge, you just like, like it's an experience. It's like when you see the memes that you just get more out of it. You know, like that. The reason the reason to hold Doge is to like get more of an emotional high out of the memes. It's it's kind it's kind of beautiful and pure in that way. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was fun, man. It was just buying a ticket to the to the ride, and uh, so I, I know I'm part of it. And it's been it's been an interesting ride so far in just a couple of weeks. So, hey, uh, thank you, Amin. Really appreciate you talking with us today. Uh, this is terrific stuff. Um, I'm I'm very interested in crypto. My own knowledge is obviously limited. I'm trying to learn more and and understand it better. But I'm getting there. You know, I, I guess I uh, went from knowing nothing not all that long ago to uh, to starting to kind of understand it and not only understand it, but I'm starting to turn into a huge advocate for crypto. I actually think it's um, very vital to the future of the adult entertainment industry, you know, just based on some of the other trends that I've seen uh, going on um, from the uh, financial sector. And so uh, hopefully everybody uh, gets something out of this and starts looking into crypto as well if they're not already doing so, uh, because I think it's, it's very important for our industry. So thank you so much for, for talking with, with us today and sharing your, your insights on this. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a great time.